Welcome back to another episode of Whole Lot of Mid, the number one football podcast on the planet, voted by absolutely no one. Uh, we're back, me and Ritwick. It's been a while, but uh, I mean, we have to make a return for the timeline. Uh, today we got a special episode because uh, we actually have Twitter's number one uh, married couple. We have Derek and Samit today with us. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the show, they guys. Here. I know you guys have been here before, Ritwick, but... They were here last time to talk about football, and now they're here to talk about football. So yes, let's see if they can put, switch up the flow. Yes, sir. How's uh, how's quarantine been for you guys? Uh, no football. It's been so boring, man. I can't even lie. Yeah. <laughs> no, no sports. Like I don't think I realize like how much my life revolves around sports. Cause like I find myself just sitting in my room doing absolutely nothing. Like I hear you. Bro. I, nothing. <laughs> no, I definitely hear you too, bro. Like, I oh, even started playing FIFA again. Like, go ahead. You guys watching that oh. MJ documentary tonight? Yeah, yeah. that's gonna be good. Yeah, time. Did you see? Uh, he like he gave the green light to air the documentary after LeBron won the uh, 2016 finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> you saw guys like Cuff the Legend talking shit about him right after. Yeah, the and, like, he, nah, 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 nah. and he was. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the doc on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give the doc. <laughs> Nah, so uh, but I guess we can get started with uh, the football talk. The number one thing I really wanted to touch on that came out yesterday is that uh, Paul Pogba, uh, Man United's very own, is rumored to be signing a new contract extension with the club. Uh, Sami, I know this doesn't involve your club, but uh, it definitely does for us three. And uh, I think Ritwick, we can, it's safe to say, is a huge Pogba fan. Derek, I don't know how big a fan you are, but uh, oh this, my is pretty, God. this is pretty big news. Gosh. I love <laughs> Biggest name in the game, bro. Biggest oh, name in the game. Why don't you go ahead, Rick? Talk to us about it. Hey, man. For for day one Pogba fans like me, it's like I'm signing the new contract as well. You know? <laughs> Sticking with him. Thick and thin. We out here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I thought this was going to be... I thought this was going to be the case regardless. Um, but, yeah. It's just a rumor. But I think I think it'll go through. But... You know, like his salary, what United would want. I just don't see any club being able to pay for that. So that's probably a big reason. But, you know, finally we've gave him some pieces and we can get Sancho or something as well. He'll have a, he'll finally have a squad around him. So yeah. I've been saying, bro, he's 27 now. He's 27. A lot of midfielders, a lot of the greats have started to peak at this time. You know, who was Modric before? Modric started. All right, let's relax. So, let's relax. Bro. I've been saying, bro. I've been saying, bro. You can look at Zidane, bro. Look at Zidane. Who was Zidane doing before 27? What was he doing? All right, ne- next. <laughs> we, didn't watch, we didn't watch him play. Derek, take over, bro. Exactly, exactly. I can't, no, but I can't be his, sitting uh, Oh, don't worry, dude. I got Zidane's ammo for you for another late, later date. Um, but now his period of dominance starts now, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Right, I've right. I've heard the same song over and over and over. I knew you were going to say that. Since 2016. <laughs> Oh, this is the year we're gonna unlock Pogba. This, this is, is the, the year. year. So you saw 2016. We have we have Herrera. We're gonna unlock Pogba. Oh, we need Matches to unlock Pogba. Oh, we need Fred. How much do you need? The guy's a bum. I mean, he's not like. I mean, okay, he's not a bum. Like, he's, hyperbole. he's not a bum. He's a good player, right? right. He's a good player. I'm not saying this, but class I don't. Oh my god, bro. elite, elite. 
oh, that's an interesting conversation to have about Pogba, bro. Because to me, like, I wouldn't say I'm as big of I'm a like I'm a United fan over everything. Like, I don't really usually take sides over players, like over club. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. for me, like. I kind of like try and say it as it is as much as possible. Pogba for me has frustrated like the living hell out of me for the last four years. But at the same time, like I can't argue that on his day, like Derek, right. He is a world-class player or at least a world-class talent. Like we've seen uh, when the circumstances are going his way, for example, with the French team, like he is that guy. Like he, com- he was probably the most important player on that French team. I would say. Uh, and we've seen when with United, like uh, when Ole first took over and like we were in a really good period Pogba was balling. Like, he had his best period of United by far. But, um, yeah, it's definitely interesting to see. Like, for me personally, I thought he was gone. Like, I did not see this contract extension coming whatsoever. Like, all the talk coming from his brother and his agent. I was convinced he was going to Real Madrid or Juventus. So, it's definitely interesting that he has made this decision to sign this contract extension, especially now when the season isn't even over. Yeah, I'm, uh, I didn't... Uh... I, I was sure he was going to Madrid. Uh, like you said, his brother would always go on that that Spanish uh, sports show and like talk about his him going to like Madrid. And then Juve, obviously, like you know, he's going to go back under Conte. And then who who he's the one who gave him his break, right? <laughs> so I didn't see you know, especially with you guys signing Fernandez, uh, I didn't see him staying. But obviously, with the reports, I guess something has changed. Uh, I'm sure he spoke to your director of football, if you have one, or Ed Woodward, right? Um, yeah. And, like, they had some plans for him. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. You guys are probably going to have a good summer. Uh, going to get Sancho, I'm assuming. And then, like, okay, like, I- I'm kind I of... Heard, I heard the pain yeah, in the voice. Years, bro? <laughs> like, you guys are going to... You guys are going to get him, like... See, I can't even... I can't even run agenda, because, like, all my tweets are like, oh, Sancho is so good, like, he's this... Because, like, I can't... Yeah, yeah. I can't lie, like, he's a great player. So, the thing with Pogba is I don't think you can be considered world-class or elite, whatever you want to call it, when you need so many pieces around you to work. And like you guys all said, on his day, when he's playing at his best, there's really no one who can, like, play at that level because he's got strength, he's got skill, pass, shoot, whatever you want. Even if he prefers to, or if he wants to put in a defensive shift, he can do that. But I just don't see him doing it nearly enough at the rate he should be because he this is the issue with Pogba like you said you were frustrated not that he can't do it he can do it we've all seen him do that you just haven't done so far so for United fans to be like about him is just it pisses me off he's not at that (laughs) at that level yet in my opinion Derek what about you bro like like Samit said like you're a massive Pogba fan give me your thoughts on all of this I feel like I've always wanted him to sign the contract extension because I feel like I really don't want to lose him to like Juventus. He's obviously our best midfielder, and the signing that of Bruno, I just feel like that's going to. I don't want to say to me it's just about up unlocking Pogba, but I feel like Bruno is going to do it. Oh, finally got ten. The one one non-defensive midfielder is going to unlock him. That's crazy. No, I think. Yeah, I think I think Loki. Loki's got a point because this is like a blessing in disguise because Bruno is going to have to play forward. Like higher up the pitch, and I've always said that I think Pogba is better deeper. I think it's going to force him to play deeper. Exactly, like how he did in the first season, and like I think you know, Elias and I agree that his first season was probably his best season, just the way he was playing, and especially like after that, I would say like that City game when we lost that Old Trafford, he kind of like got in the groove and started like playing his stuff, and I think that is where he can play, and he can still go forward, like he can still go forward and stuff. It's just like a discipline thing. 
And I think you know. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I think that um, when you give him a defined role, like either play deeper or go ahead, like he's gonna play better. And I don't think him playing up the pitch is good for him. I remember his last season at Juve. Allegri had played him at the 10 for like five, six games. And Juve started the season horribly. Like they had like one win in eight or something like that. And then he pushed him back with Marquisio in a, in a pivot. And then Pogba started playing like ridiculous. So I think, I mean, I don't like Ole plays what? Like four, two, three, one. So yeah. I don't, I think you're going to have to kind of have, give Pogba the freedom to go forward, but not restrict him to like a DM, right? So like box to box. On that left uh, yeah. midfielder role, left center mid. But I don't know. We'll see. Like, I still think he needs pieces around him. I don't think you guys have a proper defensive midfielder. Like, I think McTominay is a decent squad player. Yep. But like, if you got someone like Party, oh, yeah, then like, like then I, I think you guys would be really, really good. And then Pogba would get like that would get the best out of him. But I don't think Bruno. So, I, mean, right? I, have, I have, Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I completely agree, man. Like I, I made a video on this myself. Like I think Thomas Partey is really like the missing piece for United, yeah. mid- or at least that kind of profile of player, because then you kind of have like the original like number six, number eight, and number ten, and yeah. uh, your defense midfielder Pogba playing like that number eight position, and then Bruno taking over like the the creative mental piece up front. So I think you get a player like that, or like maybe even linked with Declan Rice, who personally like I'm not a huge fan of, but like he kind of fits that profile as well. Rick <laughs> is looking at me like that. Like, I Declan him, Rice, <laughs> bro. I kind of like Declan Rice. I think he's no. okay. Like, I think he's like him or an NDD, like that kind of profile. I mean, like, I yeah, think if you put yeah. him in that like number six, <sighs> you really yeah, unlock it. Mid. <laughs> you don't like NDD? Not like NDD. I don't like Declan in, Rice. I just haven't seen any glimpses of like what's nah, Declan from Rice. No, nah, Declan, Declan Rice is decent. He's decent. Yeah, he's decent. Yeah. I don't see anything like. But I saw something like West Ham's owners like. They were worried about the coronavirus, so like they were looking to sell their players at like half price or something like that, because they're not going to get like TV revenue. They were worried about that. So if you can get Duck and Rice for like thirty million, I think that's a better deal than Party for like yeah. eighty, ninety, or whatever. Athletic. He has a release clause. For, like, yeah, it's oh, it does? So it's yeah. like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Why isn't anyone jumping on yeah, that? Damn. Re- I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying too. I, I think he's an exceptional midfielder, Partey. Yeah, I think the thing with Partey, too, is, like, what people don't understand is at Atletico Madrid, like, they pay their players and their coaches and their staff a lot of money. Diego Simeone is actually the most paid, yeah, like, the that. highest paid manager yeah. on the planet. So I wouldn't be surprised if Partey, like, he's either on a high budget at Atletico Madrid or Atletico Madrid are willing to pay him, like, a lot of money. Yeah, I can see that for sure. we got cash money Woodward, bro. <laughs> It's a good thing we can give him a bag. Oh, man. That's funny. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, that's kind of it on Pogba, or unless you guys want to touch on anything else. But uh, the next thing that I really wanted to talk about was the impending news that Newcastle United are set to be bought by uh, some, like, Saudi billionaire or something like that. Like, they are set to be the next Manchester City, so it seems. So, I guess my main question is, do you guys think that a team like Newcastle can, like, replicate what Man City has been able to do the last few years? Bro, you don't uh, know who Saudi billionaire is? He's like the king. Of, he's like some king in Saudi Arabia or something. Like Bro, that. he's like the guy. Like he's like the crown prince. Yeah. He's the guy who's gonna who's gonna buy United. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, he yeah. got money for days, bro. Yeah, bro, that should have been us. Um, when you said like Manchester City, I think it's pretty underrated what City have done. 
because when the, when their owners came in, they didn't just change what was on the field. The entire club changed, like the culture of the club. You see, they have the best facilities, the best training ground, the highest paid staff, like in terms of cooking, uh, like laundry, all that stuff. Like they've changed every, from top to bottom. And I don't like I think Newcastle are going to come in. They're going to drop like 100, 200 million in the first summer. And I don't think it's going to work out just like Manchester City didn't really work out when they were just spending. You got to take it slow. And then um, like I think it starts with the manager. Uh I heard that Steve Bruce is going to stay, which would be a horrible decision. Yeah, in my yeah. yeah he's a horrible manager. He, I think he's the worst manager in the league. Uh, I, if I was them, I would be calling Rafa Benitez and begging him to come back. Uh, Rafa has worked with world-class players before, and it's worked out. So I think they've got to take it slow. And I don't like saying that they deserve it, but they do. they have been deprived of success for a really long time. And they do have a, a, a relatively good fan base. Uh, shout out yeah, Alex, by the way. Huge fan base. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I hope it goes well for them. I mean, the more competition, the better, honestly. The league is more exciting. You know, it's not fun when two teams or three teams are winning every year. So, it'll, it'll be good to have another uh, strong team in the mix. Samir, what, what about this? You you brought up uh, Rafa Benitez uh, coming back. What if I were to suggest to you Maurizio Pochettino, after United seems to, to, to let him go once again, he were to become the manager of Newcastle United? I think that he would actually be probably better because he Good has army. experience. <laughs> <laughs> he has experience building teams up from the ground, right, yeah. with Southampton and Tottenham. And I was kind of surprised that his agent came out and said that no teams have responded back to offers. And then uh, the same with Coutinho, by the way. I think they have the same agent. Uh, and yeah, I found it surprising that no big teams were after him. So if Newcastle are... You know, looking, I, I think that would be a good fit for sure. Yeah. Uh, Ruick, I think you were going to say something before, like, it lagged out. Do you want to say anything on Newcastle? I mean, I'm still, like, I'm still skeptical because, like, even if you pump a lot of money into it, like, as Samit was saying, that there's still, like, a huge, like, rebuild that needs to happen off the field. But still, like, in terms of attracting players, like, I know City were able to do it, but I'm still not, I'm still, like, skeptical that Newcastle will be able to, you know, fight with the other teams, you know, like, would they be able to go toe-to-toe with, like, a Chelsea or an Arsenal or Spurs or something like that and, like, fight players before even thinking about fighting for, like, players that, you know, Barca, Madrid, Bayern Munich, United, you know, City, Liverpool fight for. So it's, like, even if they have money, it's, like, do players still want to go to Newcastle and play there? It's, like, because we've seen, like, billionaire takeovers happen before, you know, with, like, AC Milan, Inter Milan, and, like, yeah. it still has taken Inter Milan as, like, maybe on the right step up now. But, like, AC Milan, you have seen, is like, had a lot of trouble. Even Valencia, like, weren't they bought out by, like, the billionaire, like, image rights holder? Like, they're also, yeah. you know, still, like, they're, like, a decent club, but nothing that, like, you know, is going to usurp any of, like, the big three in Spain anytime soon. So, I don't know. They might become, like, a, like a good mid-table team. Like, maybe they're, like, hovering around, like, seventh, sixth or something. But, like, there's still a large gap in terms of a few... It'll, it'll be a while before they even, you know, reach those levels of, like, fifth, fourth, stuff, something like that. I think I definitely agree. Like, I mean, I think, like you said, results are definitely important. Like, Milan, it didn't work because, like, the results on the, off the, on the field were, like, equally as shit as they were before. But I think it's worth pointing out, too, that Newcastle broke the world record fee at one point for Alan Shearer. Like, they brought in Patrick Cliver at one time yeah. in Barcelona. Like, they have some big – and, like, they're just a massive club in general. I think – 
after like the big three of United, Liverpool, and Arsenal, and like maybe Chelsea these days too, Newcastle is probably like up there as the biggest club in England after those teams already. But uh, I agree. Like we've seen with Valencia and uh, Milan, like it's not guaranteed success. And Samit made a good point. Like infrastructure and how the club is run from the inside is equally as important. Uh, Derek, uh, before we move on, do you want to touch on anything? Yeah, I I think that was a really good point. What Rick brought up because he was like, um, I feel like all the United, Chelsea, Arsenal, maybe even Tottenham, were all rebuilding at the same time period. So it was really hard for Newcastle to attract players to come to their rebuild project rather than to come to our rebuild project because we're already established clubs in the top six. We're already compete, competing for honors. So I doubt that Newcastle is going to get bought and that they're immediately going to have a good rebuild project, as we can see. But when City also, did in 2008, oh, what? Yeah, go ahead. When City did in 2008, I feel like United, Chelsea, not really Arsenal, but these clubs were at the top of their game. So it's not like they were rebuilding, fighting for like players, trying to get like the youth. But now no, we're all trying to rebuild, so it's hard. Even I think a thing that people underestimate is like when when we did our rebuild, Chelsea in 2003 and 2004. Uh, first off, the competition wasn't that big at the time. There was like it was Arsenal and United at the right. Yeah. Liverpool, Liverpool weren't really at the 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 levels are at now. But another yeah. thing is, can you get players to come live in, like, Newcastle? Like, do you think their wives and their <laughs> mothers will want to come live in Newcastle? Like, London is different. Like, people want to live yeah. in London. And Manchester has a nice nightlife, right? From yeah. what I've heard, you know? So, like, I don't think players are going to come want to live in rainy Newcastle, right? Like, it's a factory town. That's what it is. <laughs> it's like coal and, you know, it's like a blue-collar town. Yeah. But, yeah, like... That they're gonna have to overpay for a lot of players, similar to what honestly like Manchester United do. A lot of times, players like Harry Maguire, right? You guys paid like what 80 million for him. Like, if anyone else tried to buy him, it would have been like 60. But you're United, so Leicester, are like, we're just gonna ask for 20 more million because they know you're gonna pay it. And I think people are gonna do that with Newcastle. Another question with like this overspending. Uh, in Chelsea's defense, like in 2003, 2004, there were the stringent financial fair play rules that there are today as well. And like even Man City, when they took over in 2009, like financial fair play wasn't a thing. Is it possible for a team like Newcastle, if they're to be injected with so much cash, can they spend all this money? Like, I don't know how much Newcastle personally makes every year through sponsorships and through like TV revenue, but I can't imagine like they're making the amount of money that like United and Chelsea are making. So, again, like, I don't know if financial fair play allows for a team like that. Go ahead. I also think it's, like, a, kind of a blessing in disguise, though, that they can do that because it forces them to only make a couple of signings a year. Yeah. I, don't think it's, I don't think it's wise at any point to just, you know, sign, like, seven players at once. You know, like how Tottenham did with the bail money? Like, only Harrison uh, worked out, really, with that money. Like, it's really hard to just implement, like, more than, you know, three or four players at a time. So, I think it'll force them. Like, they might be able to make better signings, but I'm, like, spend the same amount but like they're also not going to be able to you know splurge on an entire like new 11 or something so i think you know like it also could be a blessing in disguise for them in that regard like what uh ac milan did during their takeover a couple years ago they bought like 10 players in one summer like they bought rodriguez oh, yeah. from wolfsburg they bought calhan calhanoglu from leverkusen yeah. and all of those players are not good so if newcastle spend like instead of spending 150 million on 10 players if they're spending maybe like 30 on like four players three players 
I think that's a much safer option. And that, you know, is not going to put them over the financial fair play rules. If they do it properly, of course. But I, I think anyways, talking about financial fair play rules, I'm just remembering like they must make some uh, absurd amount of money already because they brought in Joe Ellington for 30 million pounds. They brought in uh, Alan Sam yeah, yeah. for like 25. So they must have money already. Like I know Mike Ashley obviously has a lot of money himself. But uh, yeah, they must be bringing in a lot of money already. But uh, just in general, I'm happy that Newcastle like potentially could be back because like I always compared them to like the New York Knicks, for example. Like they have an amazing fan base, a great stadium, a lot of history. But like they've just been like punished by a horrible owner in the last like 10, 15 years. So it'd be nice to see a club like that like come back to what they once were. And like it seems like even Leeds United, like they're probably going to be back in the Premier League in the next few years as well. Le- Leeds should have been in the Premier League for like four or five years now, but they choke at yeah. the end of the year every single year. Every single time. Agreed. Like la- last year they should have been in it, but then Derby came back. You know, super Frankie Lampard uh, <laughs> brought us back. But, uh, but yeah, but uh, it, it'll be exciting to see like Leeds and Newcastle and all. And like even Blackburn can find their way back up. Sunderland. Yeah, these teams, these teams deserve to be in the Premier League. Like this is yeah. like the OGs. So yeah, 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 yeah. it'll be good. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about on Newcastle before we move on? All right. Uh, so the last subject really, and then like after that, we can just kind of freestyle, but, um, the timeline was revived last night. Uh, yeah, it was a beautiful sight to see, but we finally got back to talking about football. And I think the main thing that, that came of it other than, uh, Asian versus black Twitter was uh, continental, <laughs> continental teams uh, all time. Dude, I saw your tweet. It was like <laughs> Us- Usman was like, "Oh, North Africans are like Pakis," and then you were like, "Nah, not for me." <laughs> no sir. No sir. Not me. Not me. Nah, Last night was a joke, bro. That was one of the funniest nights on like Twitter, like I've ever been on. Period. From Derek and I, like we were arguing on the timeline, and then separately we were Snapchatting each other and like. Dude, like, what about you to say this? You to say this. <laughs> so funny. I have, a, I have a question on that actually. Before before we get uh, into this conversation, I always wondered, bro, like, how did you guys like find out each other were on football Twitter? Like, did you guys okay, like so make accounts? Like, yeah, I go ahead. Me on freshman year, and then oh no, Smee's frozen. Okay, whatever. I, okay, the real story is that he put me on. I'm not gonna lie. Freshman year, <laughs> so ninth grade. I don't know what year that is. Maybe year seven in England. We yeah. were at lunch, and Smee's like. He knew that I liked um, footy, so he was like, oh, I'm on Twitter. I have, like, a football account, and I'm like, okay. It took me a full year and a half before I really got into it. Like, it yeah. took me so long to really, like, yeah. start enjoying no, but it. I, yeah, it's, it's I told you, like, so, like, I had Twitter, but it was like, you gotta follow this guy yeah Simi, i'm not gonna lie bro you lagged out my man said he's rarely scoring a goal like that oh damn yeah i always wondered that bro i was like how did these guys know each like how did they find each other on twitter like was it just a coincidence because i remember uh, with me and Rick, like we just had like our own accounts and like eventually we found like other twi- uh accounts that talked about soccer and then like it kind of just evolved from there but yeah so i always you guys, wondered... you guys weren't friends before twitter oh no no we've been friends uh, since like fifth grade fifth or grade. oh okay okay, okay. Well, like in terms of twitter like we just had like regular twitter accounts that like we talked to people from school with and then like Eventually, like, I tweeted so much about football that, like, 
I needed to find a new group of people to tweet about because like yeah my, yeah like, that's tired of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways, always, go ahead. I, I was always tweeting about Chelsea in like ninth grade because that's when we won the title that year, and I was always like, like all caps on my like person, like Hazard, yeah, we scored, and people were like, yo, shut the fuck up, like nobody cares. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I have to find like you know, and then under like the official Chelsea account, there would be like you would see like football Twitter accounts replying. And I was like, who like who are these people? And I was like, oh, I'll make one. So then that, that's where I started. And then I showed Derek, and then you know Heard went from there. Uh, yeah, so back to what we were talking about. Uh, after, like, that whole fiasco happened, like, the next subject on the timeline was um, who would win in an all-time game, like, South America's all-time team or Europe's all-time team? And uh, it made for some good discussion. I mean, some people uh, chose players I've never heard about. Like, Derek, I'm, I'm not going to lie, bro. I've never heard of Pasarela. Who <laughs> is that person? He's not real. He's not real. He's not real. He's not real. <sighs> you can't captain a team to the World Cup and not have a legacy. I don't care. Oh, you, didn't, you don't know who he is. You just bro, looked at the streets. No. Yeah, sure. I found out Baresi was short. I had to take him immediately out of my team, bro. Yeah, Baresi's like five eight, isn't he? Like I was like, bro, get out of here. Where did you're in? Like, he's like, he's like Aspie playing back there. Jesus. But yeah, uh, but, I mean, I have yeah. South America winning that though. I think so. I don't know. I think Europe, man. I South Europe. America has no center backs. Like no, they have, I had to put Pasarella. Like they don't have a good like. You, can, best. you have a you have a backline of Lucio and Godin, bro. You're set. Godin, is so nice. I was I was telling Derek this. Honestly, like I would not be be against putting David Luiz in the center back role. Relax, I'd be bro, like, very much. On his like, no, no, no. Listen, listen. Hear me out. Hear me out. Like on his day, Luis can be like the best center back in the world. Like nobody offers what he does going forward. Bro, no, like, on this day, I'm telling you. guy inside out ten times. Bro, <laughs> I'm telling you about peak David Luiz. Nobody is stopping him. I'm telling you. <laughs> and, like, for, for a goalkeeper for South America, like, I had to put Allison. Because I was like, I don't know, like, like, Dida, like, I didn't watch him. I don't know who that nah, is. Dida, like, Dida was not that yeah, guy. I'll tell Julio you, Julio Cesar at his peak yeah. was really good, bro. For Inter was exceptional. Cesar, yeah. Yeah, he Cesar, was really okay. good. Obviously, I never saw, like, the other ones. Like, and Argentina has, what is it, fucking Sergio Romero, who's the second choice. Yeah, he was, he's, nice. he's not getting into the team either. Yeah. <laughs> he's valid as hell. What are you talking about? He's okay. But, the, oh, but, yeah. but look, it really does not matter who the center, who the goalkeeper is. It's literally going to finish 8-2 or something like that. Yeah, South no, America. It's gonna, yeah, like, but, it will. South Europe, America's attack Europe, is just insane. No, but Europe, it's not Europe doesn't have those players. Yeah, here's 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 an here's an interesting stat I found yesterday. So, of the last seven World Cups, five of the winners of the last seven World Cups since 1994 have been European, and of the 14 finals in that period, only four have been South American. Like, so South America, they generate these really good players, but I think what you have to give to Europe is like it seems like their teams are always more uh, organized. Yeah, defensively, sure. Miles better, and oh, yes. yeah, sure. I, I've just seen so many great South American teams just like crumble in the last like ten years, uh, fourteen years. I think so, it yeah. comes. Uh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So I, I think Europe would have an edge just because like their team overall is more balanced, and like you look at the midfield that you could have. Like with South America, it seems like we're fitting in all these great offensive players. Like, how are we gonna put Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Messi, Maradona, like? Yeah. Where it seems like with Europe, you have more like natural midfielders who can circulate the ball, and then like you have like yeah. your yeah. Yeah. like Zidane, Xavi, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really good. I, I think 
uh, what you talked about with South America not being organized, I think it definitely comes from the culture in which they learn football. It's from the streets. Like, they learn to enjoy the game and not play to win. Like, they're they're there to, like, like if you're going to meg someone, that's more valuable than a goal. Like, it's that type of thing. And in Europe, it it definitely is. But in Europe, (laughs) in Europe, like, when you're 10 and you're a good prospect, some academy is just going to poach you. They're going to be like, hey, we want you to play for us. And you're going to learn, you know, the fundamentals. Um, And like you said, like, how are you going to fit Messi, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, yeah, Maradona, Pele. I had the Taka. solution. <laughs> go ahead. Let's hear your solution. Uh, all right. So you have your goalkeeper. It doesn't matter. You can pick whoever you want. I don't, yeah. It really doesn't matter to me. All right. So right back. I'm putting. I'm sticking Daniel Alves there, and I'm telling Kafu oh, to learn what? how to play left back. All right. Well, you got to learn how to play left back. Center backs, and I have Godin, and I have Lucio. All right. Again, it does not matter. They're good enough, so they'll get the job done. And then the the CDMs. So I'm playing. I'm playing a pivot. I'm playing a pivot okay. of Redondo and Vidal. Vidal's a Swiss army knife of a player. He's pretty much Redondo? everything. And Redondo the same. Is he Spanish? He's Argentine. Nah, he's Argentinian, I think. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. He was nice. I, I, so I saw a comp of him. Let me look that up. Is he? Yeah. No, no, I think he's, he's Argentine. Argentine. Yeah. I think he is. Word, yeah. word. Yeah, he's Argentine. Yeah. He, bro, come on. Noah's favorite player, and you don't, you don't know this player? <laughs> Go ahead, bro. Uh, okay, and so then, so then you have, so then you play, I play Messi in the 10, because Messi, anyways, is pretty much the guy that sets the tempo, and he pretty much plays like as a midfielder, right? Like he'll drop yeah, yeah. deep, he'll do all yeah. that. So he's pretty much functioning as a midfielder, and then obviously as a ten, he can do his thing. And then you play a front three of pretty much Maradona, R nine, and Neymar. You said Pelé, no, no Pele? Yeah, Neymar, bro. Name? Wait, uh, no Pele. Pele, you got Ronaldinho, you got. Wait, Zico. not Maradona? No, you put Maradona. No, I played Maradona, R nine, and Neymar. Like that's yeah, a good snake Pele like that. He just <laughs> did it for Pele. <laughs> Whoa. Bro, I'm not like, I'm not gonna lie, bro. Pele doesn't count. I said Pele doesn't count, bro. Somebody some, Somebody on the timeline yesterday was like, I'm still not convinced Pele was real. <laughs> yeah, bro, overall, I'm point, like, I probably I probably would make a few t- I'd probably put Zanetti at CDM instead of Vidal. Just I think Zanetti was really yeah. good at, at the defensive fielder. It's a good shot. Uh, yeah. I'd put Mike on too. Mike on is my guy. I'd play, I'd play Mike right. on a left back. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I just couldn't I just couldn't leave Cafu out, dude. Cafu is, is solid. All I know is you guys you guys left Roberto Carlos out. I would oh, put Roberto nice. Carlos in there too. Anyone but well, that's that a lot Anyone but Anyone but Marcelo can get into my team. I'm putting Marcelo on left. Uh, Marcelo is playing left. Right. Marcelo over Roberto Carlos. Yeah, you can't. You need some, like, you need to. If you're going to have, like, Messi and bro. all these guys. Bro, I want my defense. I know how to defend. After what Roberto Carlos did against France, bro, I can never forget this guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I mean, that's a decent team. Uh, but I, I just feel like the European team, bro, like, first of all, you have, like, the GOAT defenders on Europe, bro. Like, yeah, those are tough. I couldn't think of a center back at all for South America. Yeah. But, but like, Europe has all people, of them. Yeah, yeah. You just like, look at, like, Maldini at, Maldini at, like, 32 was, like, locking up Messi in his prime yeah. at 32. So, if you put, like, a prime Maldini. That's go man right there. You have so, him. You have uh, you have Stam. You have, like, Nesta. I, I put in real Ferdinand, and everyone laughed at that. But, like, I think, like, his prime, real Ferdinand was nasty. I, I put Beckenbauer and Maldini uh, as my I center backs. Bressi and Beckenbauer. Bressi's, like, 5'6". He's going to get dunked on by Play Nesta instead, dude. Yeah, Nesta is. I, I would put Nesta over. 
But I put uh, Lev Yashin at, at a keeper. I put him too, yeah. I put the him only goalkeeper to win the Ballon d'Or. No, but I was, like, I wanted to put Neuer. Like, yeah, that's I who I think. Him. Like, I think he's better, but I was like, whatever. I'll, I'll satisfy the old, you know, the old heads. I'll put in Yashin. Hey, it's 7-10. But uh, I put Philip Lahm at right back. Beckenbauer, Maldini, and then Ashley Cole. That was my back, uh, my back four. Ashley Cole is a shell, bro. I think Ashley Cole is one of the most yeah. defenders. Like, ever. I think he's so good. Bro, he had Ronaldo I mean, on block for like six years yeah. at United. Like, I put, the guy like, was... I'd put either, yeah, I put either Lom or Turam, and then I put like Nesta and Maldini, and then or and if not Maldini, the center back, I put in like Rio or Vidic, and then I put uh, Cole or Maldini as my left back. Depending on where I put There you go. Like, you just have so many options. And, like, with South America, you're calling out, like, Lucio to replicate yeah. his one oh, amazing doesn't matter. Year. It's the GOAT attack. It's the GOAT attack, dude. At the end of the day, offense beats defense. <laughs> Fair enough. But then, like, in midfield, you just got, like, you have all of the controllers. All, like, you have Iniesta, Xavi, Lothar Mateus, like, Ruud Hollett, Zidane. Like, you, Platini. You just have so many nice-ass names, like, in the midfield for Europe. I think attack obviously like South America's got them beat just because they have like arguably like three of the top the best five players ever in Ronaldo yeah. and Messi. But I don't know. I think Europe just beats them in every other position for me. I think I think I think the yeah. the difference between Europe and South America's attack, like South America is a better attack, but I think the difference between the attacks isn't enough to make up for the dif- the difference between Europe's defense and midfield and South America's defense and midfield. I mean like. Chavi, Iniesta, Zizou, I mean, like, they're just stacked. Like, Chavi and Iniesta alone could pass the ball around every single one of those players. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. not going to touch the ball, right? Uh, and then attack, I put Cruyff, uh, Cristiano, and I, I had to put Robin at right wing because I really don't – like, I'm not putting George Best there. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not putting either, George. So he can't play. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not putting him there. <laughs> But, I mean, you got you got them, you got Thierry Henry, you got Van oh, Basten, you I got mean, Marco Van Basten. I played, like, a, I played a diamond. Oh, Which really? Diamond. So, like, I mean, I had so I put Busquets, uh, Busquets, Iniesta, and Xavi as my midfield, as the base of the midfield, and I put Zidane as a ten, Zidane or Cruyff as a, as a ten slash like center forward, and then I put Ronaldo and Van Basten as the two strikers. But the only problem with that team for me is that it lacks a lot of width, whereas the the South American team has a lot of width, you know, with Maradona, with the fullbacks, with Neymar. Yeah. Whereas the European team, like other than Robin, like what right winger are you putting in? Like is Robin the best right winger Europe has produced? Like you it's, got Figo, it's... bro. What about Luis Figo? Ah, Figo, yeah. Yeah, Ronaldo like, on, on the right, someone else on the left. I mean, you could do that too, yeah. It's hard to play a diamond with Europe because if you're gonna play Cole and Lam at fullback, they weren't exactly like. Yeah, you know, bombing forward type guy. Like, Cole was a little bit, but not Lom at all. Lom was, was, you know... He's still very adept going forward. Yeah, I feel like Cole was actually really underrated on the ball. Like, he oh, for sure, for sure. Well. Ashley Cole is fantastic, bro. Like, I, 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 I have to respect what Marcelo has done, but Ashley Cole's legacy, bro, is crazy. That guy was the best left back in England for, like, 15 years. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it was it's not disputed, not disputed. And I, we, oh, my God. And then we, like, took him out of the team... To accommodate Ivanovic, and then oh, we signed man. we signed Felipe Luis, and we didn't even play him at left back, and we sold him back. Yeah, there you go, Felipe right. Luis. Those are really like the the goat South American and the goat uh, European all time team. 
So it was definitely interesting to see what everyone was thinking about that. Like I was hearing some, like Who'd I saw Pirlo in an all-time Who'd European team. That shit was crazy. Nah. Who got manager? Oh, manager? Manager? Ooh, game, that's a good set. I didn't see anybody talk about managers. Wait, what's up? Manager. I, saw, I didn't see anybody talk about managers. Yeah, that changes things. And it makes the team. I have Fergie for um, yeah. Yeah, you gotta get Fergie. Yeah, like, Fergie. Go South America. Because I think personally, I think Pep wouldn't work. Like he needs specific players, and if like, like Maldini and Lam, oh Lam maybe, but I don't think Maldini would play in a Pep team. You know what I mean? I don't think Yashin would either, and I mean, definitely you not Ronaldo. Him with Xavi and Yesta, and it's it's wrap right there. You know, like you just give him those three and. I, I I'd Pep, give it to Fergie. I'd give it to Fergie. Pep wouldn't yeah. know what to I'd do. Pep wouldn't know what to do if he doesn't have fifty million to spend on a new center back. Bro. Yeah, he doesn't, would Messi, be... he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, he literally Honestly, just has the best center back pairing possible. Like, <laughs> he'd still ask for someone else. He'd ask for like some Brazilian dude from like pr- the Brazilian first division and, and or something. Do we do we even know like who the best like South American manager is? Like, is there anyone it's that even probably like, Simeone? No, it's Hector Herrera. Um, nah. And that guy, <laughs> you don't crazy. know who that is. You don't know who that is, man. Stop. Yes, Get you that. Know, you know, what's up? You know who I'm gonna. You know who I'm gonna say, bro. Who are you gonna say? Simeone. Bro, Argentina, of course, bro. Good blend oh. of possession and counterattacking <laughs> game. Get out of here, bro. Yo, it looks could be Peckerman, bro. Yeah, Argentina and Colombia playing nice stuff. Nah, he's up there. No, South America. To be fair to them, like they've had some decent coaches. Like Scolari was good for Portugal for a long time. Uh. Like you said, Peckerman, uh, Simeone. But, like, I think Europe, just in general, bro, is, like, it's way more advanced, in my opinion. You're, you're, you're yeah, like better coaches. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's basically all I really wanted to talk about for that, like, uh, specific topic. But um, is there anything else you guys really want to talk about? You want to rub into the fact that Jaden Sancho is coming to United? We can always uh, do that. <laughs> I always got time. Never wanted him. <laughs> I never wanted him. Never wanted him. Me, Enjoy Chelsea this year, anyways. Like, who was the ideal transfer targets for you guys? Um, we definitely left back has got to be our priority for sure. Because and goalkeeper, actually, it should be goalkeeper first. Like, there's so many games where this man, I'm not gonna like number one. I'm not saying his name. This man <laughs> has cost us like 20 points. Like, it's not even funny. Like, oh, it's just it's a disgrace. I, I cannot believe people still defend him. Like. At the start of the season, he made a couple of errors, and I was like, okay, like, whatever. He's going through a bad spell. Like, from August to, like, February, horrible. Like, ah, oh, it's horrible. You know, so we got to get a goalkeeper first. Uh, yeah. Then a left back, and I would say a winger because Pedro and Olin are leaving. We're still a ways away from competing. I would say you guys are further in your rebuild than we are because um, yes, I think you guys are only, like, three, four positions <laughs> away. Yeah, we will relax. Will you relax? I'm being unbiased here. If you want me to be, I can <laughs> see. Yeah, so he's saying everything I like, bro. Keep it going. I'm trying to be unbiased. I'm like, you guys are closer than we are for sure. But again, I like you guys were close in 2016, and we won the title over you guys, right? Sure. Nobody thought we, no one thought we would win, and we won. And then, um, yeah. So I would say a backup striker for Tammy too. We're, we're we're a long ways away. It'll take like two, three years. But you know, I'm excited to see what we do this summer. We have a lot to spend. I mean, we just brought Ziyech in, so that that should be good. And then. Uh, we'll see how it goes from there. Interesting. Uh, Derek, what about you? Ideal si- uh, summer for Man United? Um, like ideal, of course, I want a left back. Um, I want a DM and a right winger. But I don't think we're going to get a left back this summer. So I just want Partey, Sancho on the right. And then if we could get a left back, I heard that Tellez is leaving. I, don't, I heard a rumor about him going to 
Like it's already finished. I didn't hear what club though. Maybe I think it. Was, it I, I was hearing. I was hearing Chelsea the whole yeah. time to me, but recently I'm hearing PSG are gonna sign. Yeah, PSG. Him. That's, that's what I just heard. Today. I just saw yeah. that. Yeah. Like his agent a couple years ago was like, I would be surprised if he didn't play for Chelsea, and we've always been linked with him on and off, and but like I haven't heard anything in the last like month. But then again, we always do our signings like under the radar, like out yeah, of nowhere. We're just yeah, we just make a signing. So, and what, what do you guys? What do you think United will do about the uh, the goalkeeper situation? Because Henderson is coming back, and Henderson is like you guys can't let go of him, you know. Ruiz, what I think we'll do was, I think we'll do the uh, kind of what Barca did with Ter Stegen and Bravo. I think we're gonna give like Henderson, you know, like the cup games and stuff like that, and De Gea will be like our league or something, and we'll just do that. And depending on how it goes, we'll just keep the one that performed better or something like that. I, I mean, because I still think De Gea, I mean, De Gea is still, like, what, like, 30? Less, younger than 30? He's, 20, he's like, 27 or 28, bro. He's not that old at all. Yeah, yeah. so it's not like he's old or anything. And it's, like, and goalkeepers always, like, they, they usually age as well. So, like, yeah. I yeah. think De Gea will, like, I wouldn't, I'm not going to write him off. And I don't think Henderson's, like, bang on to be the first choice. So, I'd say, I'd say they'd give it a, they're going to give De Gea probably another season. Because I don't think he's deserved, based on this season, to, like, get the No, age. no, no way, uh, no way. Uh, I personally agree, because I, I think but De Gea gets going back to left back. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Not finish up. Sorry, yeah. you were lagging. So, like going back to left back. Yeah, going back to left back with like what Derek was saying. Mm-hmm. I say we we raid uh, Atleti for Parsi this summer, and the next summer we go back Lodi. and get Renan Lodi. Dude, he's he's Lodi nice. is sick, bro. I he love Renan nice. Lodi. He's really good, man. I'm a big fan of Renan Lodi. My yeah. one question is: Is left back more of a priority for United than center back is? Because like I almost feel like That's when true. you have Shaw and Williams, like they're neither of them are like exceptional, but they kind of do a job there. Like I see Lindelof, and I think he's like the one of the biggest liabilities at center back I've ever seen. And I I do rate Bailly, but. I feel like it's so hard to rely on a guy that's always injured. Like even when he plays, like he always has like a kamikaze moment in him, like where he'll just put the ball in his own net out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I would I would get a center back this summer, and then look for a left back, and then if needed, a striker next summer. My guy, I agree with that. To be honest with you, go ahead. If you wanted like a center back, like who would you would you go for like a big money signing or like a young player who would develop? Once we have I would, I would, I think that in a young player that would develop, I honestly still believe a bit in Twan Zebi. Like, I think Twan Zebi is not like really? he, he was, he, yeah. I think he was way too hyped to begin with, but like, I feel like he still has an okay future, like, at that position. And I feel like he's not like bad enough or like injured enough to like completely just throw him out the window. Like, I would probably go and raid Napoli this summer for Koulibaly. Like, I think that's a center back a few years ago that was like 100 million. How old is he though? Like, 27, 27. He might be older than that. He might be 28. He's 29. Yeah, 29. 29 oh, maybe not then. Like, I, I was just saying that because like I know that Napoli are going through financial problems and like they're looking to like offload a lot of their players just because like there's a rift between the president and the club. But like if we could get him for like 50, 60 million, like I think that would be a fantastic signing. But if he's really that old, then we've been linked with Upa Makano. Like I don't think he's that amazing. Yeah, yeah like, I'm not a huge fan. I don't, I don't think he's that good. He's pretty Arabian actually. I don't want to say that because he's like. You know, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you're such an uncle Tom. If, such an uncle Tom. Wow. If Dr. Umar Johnson is here, that's all I care about. Definitely someone athletic to cover up for McGuire's pace. Like I think that's one of his biggest yeah, issues. Like so I think, slow. like Varon would be the ideal choice. Like Varon would be my ideal choice. Right side, yeah. good, great passer, <laughs> athletic. Like that's that's the profile you'd have to go look for. 
Yeah. I, I agree, because I think Maguire, like, he's gotten a lot of hate this year with United. Just cause I, I think people are just way too quick to, like, write off these players. But I think when he's been at his best and when he's been paired with Bailly, like, you've really seen the best of Maguire because, like, he has someone to cover up for his lack of pace. And I think he's, pro- he's probably been, like, one of our better players this year. So I think we just need a more athletic signing next to him. I don't, I don't think it's right to be like, oh, he costs this much. Like, he can't control that. That's not his, like, it's not his fault he costs $80 million, you know? Now, just to finish off what I was saying, though, like, if it was, like, in today's age of the coronavirus, like, I feel like Maguire would cost, like, $50 million, just the way everything is going. Yeah, I think so. Did I like out? Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, you like that crazy. <laughs> uh, I mean, other than that, though, like, I feel like that really basically covers up everything that's going on right now. Like, there isn't too much to talk about due to, you know what, but, um... I mean, is there anything else you guys want to touch on briefly, real quick? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm good. I, I don't know what else, you know, like has been. Yeah, not much, to be honest. Um, I mean, we might as well wrap it up then. Uh, Derek and Samit, thank you for coming on. Uh, definitely a pleasure to finally get to talk to you guys about some football in person. Uh, we'll try and get another podcast going, like, in the future if anything else happens in terms of like news or trends on Twitter. But um, yeah, this is all really we could talk about for this time. And uh, also like to me and Derek reached out to us and said like, yo, we'd love to be on the podcast. So if anyone else wants to do that, anyone wants to hit us up, uh, feel free to, and we'd love to have you guys on before we leave to and Derek, do you guys like want to plug your Twitter, plug your podcast uh, real quick? Oh yeah, sure. Um, well, Twitter, I don't really want to put that I'm on private, so that's, that's <laughs> I don't really want to follow me, but uh Check out uh, skjsports.wordpress.com. You can find our podcast, The Agenda, on there. Uh, there's tons of football articles, uh, American football, that is, soccer articles. Uh, we got some NBA ones coming up. So, uh, yeah, just check that out. Definitely. Yeah. Derek, same with you. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't really want to plug my Twitter here, you know. But <laughs> like me said, if you want to see the podcast, uh, we talk about American football, some basketball. I think we had a single episode about it. But if you like those American sports, you can check us out on Spotify, SoundCloud, at the Agenda Podcast. Cool, cool. I'll make sure to link that down uh, when I tweet this out as well. Yeah, for but, sure. But uh, with that being said, this has been another episode of Whole Lot of Mid. We'll see you when we see you.